Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Royal Blue podcast. And as we predicted last time, the signings are still arriving aplenty. It's exciting times for the Blues. It's me, Greg O'Keefe, and I'm with Gavin Buckland and Tony Scott. Um, if you enjoy listening to this podcast or you're new to us, why not subscribe to it by going to iTunes and searching Royal Blue Podcast or going on Audio Boom again, searching Royal Blue Podcast and find us there. It'd be great if you do enjoy it, if you could leave a review or a rating on iTunes and um, just let us know what you're enjoying and what you think could change or what you'd like to hear more of and we'll have a go at uh, factoring that in in future. Anyway, on with the show. So Wayne Rooney is clearly the man of the moment when it comes to Everton. Still the name on everyone's lips. No one could forget that one. And um, regular listeners will know that our, our team have been a little bit split, you could say. But the boxing gloves have been put away. And I'm, ses- I'm, sensing, uh, I'm sensing that I've, I've broken peace yeah. in our time. I think, no, I think Ga- Gav is nothing if not pragmatic. And yeah. Gav, he's through the door now. He's an Everton player. Yeah. Number, number 10, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, seems last week that I still think it was a flawed sign. But we've got to move on. And I fully support, as I said, you know, the club. And Wayne now he's now he's joined. Um, the challenge, well, there's two two challenges for me now. A, you know, is he? Got, I think this is fitness, isn't it? I think that's the big question for him: is staying fit and where he's going to play in the team. Bear in mind, you don't know exactly what's going to happen at the transfer market between now and August. Um, with I know we probably touch on Rom is whether he'll play as a further up the front, which I think's been mentioned, or as a sort of 10, 10 role or in the round, sort of, um, sort of behind the striker. And that those are the two things, and I think they're still unresolved for me. Um, still still appreciate you know, what he can bring, if fit. And that's the key thing for me. Um, and so there's still like a lot of question marks for me, boys, so, you know, it's hopefully there for me, you know, to prove, prove me wrong. I'm, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, I'm told yesterday the most one of the most read stories on the BBC website was Rooney's press conference. Yeah. Does that underline that and the publicity that's been yeah, since absolutely. he signed underline what we've said about the global? Brand? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I get, I get that, and I get the, you know, getting in the headlines and publicity. No such thing as bad publicity, isn't it? But ultimately. Um, Ourselves as you know, even if you want to call ourselves as a brand, is, is is going to be dependent on what we do on the pitch. And I still, I'm not, I'm not saying he hasn't got a role to play. Now he's here. The question mark for me is where do we play him, and you know, is he fit enough and capable enough to to have that role? I think we'll be talking about that all season. Yeah, this podcast, and, I really and I think, do. And I think uh, it's a I debate will go on. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and I still, still, it's still for him to prove me, uh, prove me wrong. Gav, did it surprise you when looking at him in the pictures and training and the videos and the clips? Did it surprise you how good a shape he's in? 
No, yeah, well, this is shape and there's like match fitness, isn't it? And he looks, you know, you always tell his face, can't his face is always a big uh, giveaway with Wayne, isn't it? Over like his sort of like how fit he is. And, and uh, he, he does look fit, but, you know, and if he comes back fit and fire and great, you know, not gonna be give me greater pleasure than saying, you know, uh, I've been proved wrong, but he, he's got he's got he's got to prove that. I still, you know, and I was here, there is definitely a role for him to play. Um, it's just what that role role will be. I think uh, for me. What will it be? So obviously, you know, they've got Sandro in, um, David Classen's there, but maybe more of a, a central midfielder. We'll see. He has been touted as a ten. They want to get Sigurdsson in. We'll talk about that later. A lot of money is going to have to change hands with Swansea and another striker. Whether it's Giroud, Benteke, Eden Dzeko, we we just don't know. Where does Rooney feature for you? For me, just beyond the striker, as in a number ten. He's got a football and brain, hasn't he? And it's very rare you've got a player of that ilk in your squad, let alone to start a football match. Someone who can change the game, a match winner. Now, I look at Everton's squad and there's not many of them in the team. Even if they sign Sigurdsson, I love Sigurdsson, he's a cracking player. Great cross on him, great from set pieces. But has he got that X factor, that, that, that ball through the Ivan Needle that Wayne can produce in the last minute? I don't know. I think Rooney's got that in abundance. We've seen throughout his career how much he's done it. Now, I, I looked at the, the press conference and there was an interesting quote that was put to Ronald Koeman and it was about, why did you bring Wayne Rooney to the football club? And one that stuck out for me is the way that he said he's a winner. He says, we haven't got many of them in the team. And he didn't, he, he weren't going our he knows, harsh. He knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes to win, to win big matches and win big trophies. And I'm afraid Evan haven't got that. And I alluded to him a couple of weeks ago in the team, went right throughout the team. Maybe he was being a bit harsh, saying they were losers, but me looking at the full squad, there isn't any winners. There isn't anyone to see them over the line. And Rooney's got that. Now, I look at the, the signings Evan have made this summer. 30, 25, £30 million signings. And, and everyone's being pleased, and Everton's being pleased. But for the general football fan, and even somebody who's not, probably not really into football, there's none that stood them up and go, wow, there's no wow. Now I look at that Rooney one, and even my mum hasn't got a clue about football, and she went, wow, Rooney's come back. He's got everyone talking. Four days, Everton have been on the back page of national newspapers, over local newspapers, over the local radio, over the national radio. That tells you everyone is talking about Wayne Rooney and this transfer. Now, the brand Everton's going to grow. There's no two ways about it now because Rooney's in the team. So off the pitch, you can see what it's going to do. Now, there was another question that was put to Rooney at the, in the press conference, and it was, it was, what does it mean to you to win a trophy at Everton? And because he was taken back, he got a bit emotional about it, the thought of it. Now, I can guarantee, I, I, I guarantee that winning one trophy with Everton would mean a lot more than any other trophy this lad's ever won. And I still think, and you could see, he, hasn't, he, he came out with a quote, and we know he's not the most intelligent lads, but the way he came across and he well, said... Well, certainly not articulate. Yeah, he isn't. Yeah, and yeah. he came out and he said, listen, this is, I haven't came here for a retirement home. I've come here to win a trophy. And he, he wouldn't just came to Everton to sit on... He wouldn't want to be remembered to, in his hometown, in his, the football club he supports all his life, just to sit there in retirement home. He doesn't want that. He wants to be seen and being remembered as winning a trophy at that football club. And you could see he really meant it. And I, I looked at that top table and you've got Ronald Koeman, one of the greatest players who ever played the game on the top table and next to him the greatest goal scorer in this country he's ever seen they're two then to embody our football club the two of them are winners two fantastic footballing characters and we're quite lucky to have these in our football club to try and get that change that winner mentality 
And hopefully, I was looking at it, I was so excited watching that press conference. And long may it continue now with these new signings. I think absolutely the positives, you're right, are plenty. So many quotes that really infused you. But I know the arguments, we've, we've moved on from this because he's in the door and we'll all get behind him. But I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Koeman's <coughs> in his 50s and is, is, the, is the coach, so he's not required to play. He's got other duties. Mm. Rooney is going to require to play. When the, when the publicity dies down and the global press move on away, it's finding a, a role for him consistently, isn't it, to make that signing mm. a success. So, Koeman said that he'd either play him as a, sometimes as a nine, a ten, Seven off the, off the right, off the left. That flexibility has got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Of course. When you look at players that Everton have got in the final third, there's not many that can play in a numerous amount of positions like Wayne can. As you've just said, he can play left, right, two-footed, up front, number 10, could play centre midfield, at a push. How many players have Everton got that can do that with a brain? You've got a Morales, a Balassi, a Klassen, players of that ilk, Schneiderlin, Guy, Davis, but not many that can play attacking. And He's got everything, and I'm really pleased that he's on board. Gav? Yeah, yeah. I acknowledge some of, some of them points. Um it just goes back to fitness to me and you know whether you can address this this you know this like sort of that one's well decline hasn't it over the last four or five years whether you think you've been harsh that. there four or five years got really yeah, harsh i think i think he, well, we don't want to be, be discussed all that last week is is that the worry for me with wayne is is his fitness when when he needs to play all the time, doesn't he? Yeah. He's not one of them players who can leave. You can leave out for a couple of weeks and then bring back in. By his own he, admission, he, he needs to play yeah. all the time. Um, you know, even when he was a, a lad at Everton, you could see when I think it was his first season, as two thousand and three. Come back to start two thousand three four season at Dates was seventeen eighteen. Quite painfully, not fit enough as what you would expect a lad to be. Um, so the problem when I say this fitness, it's. If we're going to be playing, hopefully, the Europa League, I was going to say League Cup games, that's a bit, probably a bit tad optimistic for us. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> you know, with all them games, and he's going to be... At, least, at see, least one or two one League or Cup two, games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, he's not going to play all the games. And the, the concern for me is, on his track record, is, is when he doesn't play, his fitness tends to go. He's not one of these players who can play half fit. Who used to say he's not going to be playing every game? Well, majority of games. I would be very surprised if he plays every game or it was there or thereabouts. So don't you think he'll play as many as he played for Manchester United last season? But he plays, what did he play? Was a he started, started 15 matches yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. Started 15. That's, that's the problem for me. He need, he's at his best and you see his best years at United where he's playing every every game or thereabouts. In the, it like, I think there was a couple of seasons, 10-11, you know, over the last few years where he's been in and out the team where... If he's in, if he's in and out the team, his fitness goes. He, he finds it, he's, he's always found it very difficult to play when half fit or three quarters fit. He has to be totally, you know, at his optimum optimum level to to be effective. And that's the concern for me. If there's going to be a bit of squad rotation, you know, because of his age, leaving in and out, it is is actually it's actually getting him to 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 perform at the level, which he, which of course he can. But that that that's the concern for for me. Ronald Koeman's no mug. He knows. Yeah. He'll have seen Wayne Mooney over these last two or three years. He's no mug. Now Alex Ferguson made a good point when he was about 27, 28. Wayne Mooney said. The way his body develops, he needs to play every week, as you just said. He, he's no good two or three weeks out, out the limelight and then back into the fold in a League Cup match. 
If I look at Everton this season, they're going to be playing nearly enough, probably two games a week. It depends on the Europa yeah. League, etc. So even if he doesn't play in a Europa League match, he plays the following Premier League match. And if he misses a Premier League match, he's got the Europa League match to fall back on. So his minutes will be accumulating every single week. He'll be getting match fit all the time. Now, Ronald Koeman's not, he's, he's seen him. He knows how his body develops. He's, he knows Wayne Rooney. He's seen him when he was at Southampton managing, obviously, last season. Now, Wayne Rooney, up until, well, Sir Alex Ferguson's last Premier League season, even David Moyes, nearly played nearly every game under David Moyes. It's only under Louis van Gaal and Jose Mourinho when he was frozen out a little. But even when he was frozen out, as I've just said, 15 starts, Premier League. Still not bad considering you're supposedly frozen out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we covered all this last week, and there's no. I, I, that's my concern with now he's in the club, is his fitness. That, that's my concern about yeah. him. I had it, yeah. And that's it. If he can stay, if he can stay fit, then the, the, you know, there is a role for him. If that, I mean, and he's, I don't, he's not great as he waiting to be fair to him. When he's off the pitch, when he's not playing, he can maybe not, you know, not the best. Is is that that's the that's the concern I have. The the one thing I'd say, think about last week's conversation, where mm. I think the difference with Man United is. Uh, comparing to his last three or four years United is his motivation coming back to heaven yeah. as you say it's like hopefully his mindset will be a bit more you know, hungrier hungrier point to yeah. prove yeah sometimes that can be a dangerous thing mm. can't it as well though you know somebody was at the point to prove me but he did his, say didn't he in the press conference his he motivation said. will be there and hopefully that will be reflected um, you know on the pitch uh, and in his fitness in general the way he goes, goes about things you know yeah. I just have to say I'm sure it won't change but I'd expect him to carry on living where he lives. I would. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I I give him the benefit of experience, and he does, as far as I can tell, lives a very good lifestyle these days. He's very rarely pictured, apart from obviously the England blip when Jackie Elkhill, by the way, was And I I think I'll, too much was made of that. You know, they went and you know, were very kind of civil to a wedding mm. group, and all, all right, they had a few glasses of wine, what have you. Anyway. My point being, I hope he doesn't, doesn't immerse himself back in Liverpool in every strath, like going out in Liverpool and nah. socialising. Because he's back, and obviously the, the reaction's been good. I do hope that he, he sort of maintains his lifestyle as it is now, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think once his, his lads and his sons are growing up, and he seems to have matured a lot. And he, he, everyone's been, obviously, the social media, you, you've seen the pictures of him kissing the Man United badge in front of Everton fans. But that when he was 23, 24, young lad, still learning, probably getting loads of stick from Everton fans. But now he's got a load, he, he's got three sons on board, he's got a family, lovely house, lovely lifestyle, and he seems to have matured a lot since, since his kids are growing up. So you can see why his lifestyle's changed. You don't normally see him, as you've just said, getting kicked out of nightclubs and smoking in bars and etc. The only, the only times where you probably do see him is in and out the casino now and again where you may see him gallivanting on maybe a Saturday night or whatnot. But listen, he's, he's normal, he's got lots of money, he can do whatever he wants with it. So I think, yeah, I think he's learned a lot growing up and he seems to have matured a lot lately. Well, we haven't mentioned it yet. And funnily enough, I don't know whether or not most Blues, it's been a huge talking point, what with the aftermath of Rooney and the excitement. But meanwhile, the club's record Premier League goal scorer, the main man for the last few seasons. I wouldn't say he slipped out the door, Gav, but it hasn't quite felt as seismic as it would for me when Romelu Lukaku left and, and went to, of all yeah. places in the end, United. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is you it know, a bit underplayed? Do you or? think when Rom said in May, says, I know which club I'm, I'm going to be playing for next season, do you actually imagine that? No United? way in a million years <laughs> yeah, he thought it was going to be Man United. Absolutely. No yeah. way, chance. Uh, yeah, and I think 
goes back to the, the good news or whatever you would say about, about Looney coming back it's sort of deflected by that, isn't it? you know what I mean uh, I think um, what did you think about what do you think of the price? Do you think that was about the right price? Seventy-five. I know they can sort of test these things up. Seventy-five plus fifteen. I said that a couple ten, of months ago. Did you shouted me down? No, you no, no. You said seventy-five. Full stop. Yeah, you got the add-ons in it, and with add-ons, I believe I th- the add-ons are reasonable, aren't they? Well, we've been, we believe they're reasonable because that's what we've heard in inverted commas. Yeah. I'd love to see what they are. Let's give these anonymous sources the benefit of the doubt that they are easily achievable. And it amounts to 90 million. Mm. No one's got a problem with that, have they? No, no. But if it would just be 75 million, I would still think personally that it was a little bit undervalued. Why? Just because of look what Paul Pogba went for. Is that the only reason you just. Well, no, I think the podcast we actually did about this was a month ago. Yeah, it was a month ago. And there was more thrust to the argument than just bringing it down to Pogba. I think his age, his goal return, his international experience, big question mark of a Champions League but generally speaking I felt that if Pogba was worth 89 and then certainly Lukaku was worth if not the same Would you Gavin would you have taken that deal say 75 million cash up front 50 million add-ons and Wayne Rooney would you have taken that at the start of last season? Um, That's the wrong person there yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, if you're saying if you're talking like 900 million quid regardless of however it's dressed up I think that that's a reasonable reasonable deal yeah. I think um, we put a valuation on was that a hundred million did we is that close yeah. to the yeah, yeah, stage yeah. so it's there or thereabouts isn't it I know you can dress up the Rooney sort of whatever you would value Rooney at um, but I, th- I think that's a I think that's a reasonable deal it's it's funny isn't it that um, what I was going to say before we got onto the financial bit that um, you could see Marriage for convenience was the phrase that has been used quite a little bit, yeah, isn't it? About, about Rom, hasn't it? That it's sort of, yeah. uh, we were good for him and he was good for us and we've got a fair play, so move on. You know, and all his utterances in the press and sort of like, you know, what do we just alluded to yeah. there about which club I'm going to be playing for? <laughs> you know, people, Everton fans see through that, don't they, straight away. Uh, at the same time, he was good for us, can't argue his goals records, maybe should have done better in big games. That's reflected in the fee. He can move on. Hope you know he may. Well, hopefully, maybe we want him to do well because it might be worth fifteen million quid. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Well, it's yeah. a bit it's like Rooney, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. the Rooney deal was worked yeah. out well, didn't it? Because he, he they were successful. Um, so I, if he does well there, maybe earn a bit of money. That that's great. So no complaints uh, really about about the whole Rom situation. You know, setting aside you know the odd comments, but uh, I think uh, <laughs> the odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I'm fine with that. Greg, does this go to show how good of a window Everton have had if basically no Evertonians battered an eyelid that probably the greatest striker the, this generation's ever seen has gone out the club to one of the arch rivals, so to speak? Mm, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. It just shows you how much the general blue public opinion is swayed by transfer business. Um, for argument's sake, I was just pondering before about we reported last week Kevin Sheedy had left the club. Mm. Uh, we don't know the full extent of the circumstances around that yet but one thing's for sure he's very popular with fans now if this had happened in, in a let's say a usual Everton window of the past when signings were late and things weren't happening big players being linked with exits there would have been a furore about that from, the, from some sections of the supporters but as it was I think people just wished him well and uh, got on with it because for me transfers 
dominate the sort of overall perception of Blues about where they're at. So they were willing to put aside anything else. And if players, quality players are coming in the door, they're made up, they're happy, the world's good. That's not a bad thing. I'm not criticising it, but it's just interesting. And even losing Lukaku, like you just said there, mm. I'm sure there'll be some fans out there who'll be questioning were we right to sell him? Should they have kept hold of him? You know, should they have sold him to a rival who didn't finish that far above them last season? Mm. Um, two draws last season, yeah. really. We've just strengthened the rival, haven't we? Mm. Have they strengthened us? Maybe. But overall, as long as it's reinvested now in a centre, in another centre forward, and Sigurdsson. Again, transfers coming in, pictures this perception, and I don't think it'll be a bad bad deal. There's a question I'm very intrigued to know your answer from, Greg, is that... Hit me. No, the two, the two signings that we've just seen recently, Wayne Rooney, Romelu Lukaku, both going elsewhere, has it surprised you the exposure Everton have had and the Wayne Rooney signing, back pages, four pages, considering Romelu Lukaku's fee, 90 million, and it's basically just been a couple of... Pages and Lukaku on by a pool side. That's a great yeah, in the that's And you've seen Rooney front and back page, Sky Sports News every day. There's hardly been anything wrong with It's a great Lukaku. shout, yeah. It really is. Very surprising, really. It's booked the usual trend of transfer coverage in, in newspapers and Sky. Yeah. It's been yeah. a bit of an afterthought. And as you say, Rooney was dominating, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, well, I think the fact that Rom's in America doesn't help, does it, really? That comparison. Ron no press conferences. Here. When Ron comes yeah. back here, it's a slightly different story. But well, that's great for our benefit, hasn't it? If you yeah, think yeah. about it. Um, Did it surprise you, Gav? No, no, not really. Um, but um, my Not even for a this, £90 million pound signing. And Everton have basically got a free transfer or ten million, whichever way you want to dress it up. Yeah. But yeah. Wayne Rooney, million signing, it, it was. Yeah. It, they got announced the signing. Everton have announced the signing. Everton yeah. got a press conference. Everton got a kit shoot. It's great. They've done it for four days. Been five days on your on, on your back pages, national and local. Yeah. Lukaku, hardly anything. Yeah, I think that will come in time, now, won't it? When he when he whenever he comes back. Um, my view on this is, you know, when we, it's a separate thing. Business of football. My view on this is that, yeah, so what? You know, I'm only interested in what we do on the football pitch. You know, nobody's ever accumulated points by being on the back page of the uh, the press after. But one chance to say that the yeah, no, perception may be changing on yeah, Everton now. Yeah, I get that. If I was to announce that sign and say 15, 20 years ago, Everton would be nowhere near a national back page. Well, well, no, nowhere near. I mean, if you well put it this way, and again, it's not to do with Wayne again, but if you can't get on the back page. Everton, Wayne Rooney come back to your club, whenever you want to get on the back page. Yes. You know, that's it. I, would, I would expect this level of coverage, and it's being helped by the fact that Rom's been in America. But what my point is in all this is we talk about... There's a real danger here that um, we start talking about brands and things like this and so on and so forth, about building Everton up, is the only way we're going to build up and we have a brand that's we can sell in the Far East and whatever is actually by getting enough points to get in the Champions League and... Take it from there. But to buy them players, though, Gav, you've got to, you've got to. Well, the, you've got your brand's got to be bigger, hasn't it? No, to it's, buy them players, you've got to catch twenty-two. You've got to make your club bigger. You've got to bring yeah. investments in. Yeah. And to do that, you've got to make Everton's brand bigger. Yeah, yeah. But you get the brand. But the biggest way of growing your brand is getting points on uh, and getting the points in the Premier League and getting into the Champions League and and, and attracting blue chip backers. Where we are at the moment, that's what our aim is. All that thing that we're talking about will fall into place after that. Um, people don't want to be associated with a team that's seventh. So they want to be associated with a team in the top four. And there's a real danger here, I think, that we're getting... The, not, not talking about this particular Rooney thing, that we're really getting ourselves 
ahead of ourselves is we need to get players on the pitch performing well and competing and getting into the top four before we start talking about growing the brand. I be, I be, that still needs to be done, but that is not going to get, get to you where, where you want to be. That's going to be on the pitch where that happens. So um, it's great that we've been on the back pages, you know, and there's no such thing about publicity, but we need just need to be, we need to temper all that realistically about you know where 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 we're viewed. Ultimately, what happens on the pitch? It's not well. It is a cliche a little bit, but it is massive because you know rewind twelve months and Leicester City were on every back page. Now. Yeah. They barely get a, a mention, do they? Because mm. there were also runs in the league. Well, they had a good go in the Champions League. I shouldn't dismiss that by any chance. What we would have given to be in the Champions League group stages and then to go and have a little run like they did. Um, what we'd give for that now. But this summer, they're just, they haven't quite fallen back to what they were. But in general perception, you know, they're not doing much in the market. Yeah, they've had a little go for Sigurd, Sigurdsson. But let's face it, I think if you ask most people where they think he'll go, you've got... Recent Premier League champions who were in last season's uh, Champions League or Everton. Most people would say Everton who finished seventh. Because there's one brand going and one going the other way. Brand perception, Everton yeah. to be on the up. But, but for us to be where we want to be, and you know, Mercedes not invested whatever he bought the club for and all this money on players and wages. He's not, he's not done, done that to be seventh, has he? And I think, I think to me, is. The key, and, and, and I don't know about you, but I'm surprised the amount of our transfer activity thus far this summer. You, you, oh, the speed yeah. of it, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it's, a, it's a new Everton, yeah, yeah, new Everton. I'm totally bemused and, and, by yeah, that. Yeah, and I think, I think one of the primary reasons is to do, we spoke last week about the Far East appeal, so didn't you? Mm. Is, is the overseas TV rights will all be renewed, won't they, over the next couple of years? And they reckon that a lot of them will trouble. So you'll end up getting more money from overseas TV rights for the Premier League substantially more than what you will do for this country and as you know in this country there's a few struggling isn't it going on about how much people can afford to watch football so that's the big growth area the overseas rights and you know you probably where there's been conversations haven't you about the top six club with the top six clubs amongst themselves about how they should be divvied out because in the past they've all been given out to think equally within the Premier League mm. clubs the top six clubs now want that money given out more to reflect their appeal on the basis than the Far East, but people want to watch us, not necessarily watch. That's how it works in ABC. Germany, isn't it? When it gets percentage yeah. of the best teams get the, the TV revenue and the think, as well, isn't it? But did their overseas rights compared to ours? Ours is like, was it once just over a billion a year? Is yeah. it? They're not double, so that'll take it more than what the, the home rights are. Anyway, the point I'm getting to is the top six want to divvy that up so they get the bulk of that money because they say, some would say, not unreasonably, well, we're the ones that earn it in the first place. And and they've had the separate conversations, haven't they, about that. And I don't think Mishiri wants to be frozen out of that conversation, does he? Oh, of course. He's not he's not he's not invested all this money for them to divvy up all that money between themselves or like get mm. for for greater share than what they do at the moment. He wants to be part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's driven him to do like a lot more business earlier on in terms of investment than perhaps he was thinking about and I, I think um, that's one of the reasons just my opinion why we've seen so much activity now because yeah. that, that overseas money and all that those rights over the next couple of years are going to be worth a fortune yeah. he doesn't want them all going to Man United Arsenal Tottenham and Liverpool does Greg, it, you know? Greg has it surprised you the speed of Everton's transfers so far this window yeah 
massively surprised me. They have, it and really has. What, what do you think is the difference then behind the scenes, or as in, do you think Everton they've learned the lessons valuably from last summer? Mm-hmm. Cumin's given the list of players, yeah. gone and all as he come back, and there they are. I have to say, yeah, absolutely. Hats off to them. They, they do seem so far to have learned, as you said, learned from where they were going wrong last summer. And um, we always said that you know it had to be a learning curve, but they would be forgiven if it, there was tangible signs that they had watched. And Cumin had hinted, I've given them my targets. You know, I've done my part, bring them in. And so far, you know, you can't really complain. I think Cumin's demeanour at Goodison yesterday suggests the man who's quite content where they're up to. I would say, you know, that it's never a, it's never ending. You know, Lukaku gone. You do need to do some more business and. The only thing I would maybe worry about is so many new faces, which can't really be helped. Doesn't guarantee a smooth transition into the start of the season, does it? It's especially, so with the fi- especially with the big fixtures we've got. Early really time. difficult start. So if you're being pessimistic, would they gel enough in enough time to prevent us having a difficult opening? We've got a hard opening, but having a difficult start in the league. On the flip side of that, sorry, Gav, on the nice. flip side of that, with these new players, places buzzing, fans are rightly optimistic. If we were to get a big result against one of them big teams, can you imagine the confidence going into the next one? It'd probably set the tone for the whole season. Absolutely, but to get a big result, we've got to have those players knowing the roles, knowing the roles of the players around them and being comfortable on the pitch and what, what's expected of them to get a big result or catch one of those other big teams on, a, on, a, on an off day. Because you've seen what Liverpool's in last season. They caught Arsenal on the off day, first game of the season. Exactly. Then they went to Chelsea away, yeah. three games in. Yeah. Caught them on an off day. Before you know it, you've got two big away games out the way. Six points in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. And then Liverpool's mentality changed then throughout the season. Because I guarantee say, if sure. Liverpool yeah. was to have lost that game against Arsenal and lost away at Chelsea, they're on the floor yeah. then for the season. I mean, Martinez's first year kick-started when he beat Chelsea at home, didn't he? 1-0. When Naismith scored, because yeah, I think yeah. we drawn every game up until then. That's right, like, three you know, draws, so, and, yeah. and it kick-started when we beat. Never looked back, really. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think it's a good point. Um, do you think on that basis then that they might play stronger teams in the Europa League qualifying games? Just to get the fitness think? going and make them gel. There's a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, I think, it's it it's going to be crucial how Ronald Koeman reacts to this Europa League, the first qualifying game because you'll know if he's going to take it serious or not if he wants to just get out of this and have a good tilt at the top mm. four then fine throw your under-23s out but if he if he mixes it and throws a couple of under-23s and a couple of first team I'm not so sure whether it'll yeah. work you don't know if he's going to take it serious or not so I'll be I'll be all for going having a good crack at it and then get your fitness on board catch these teams calls early doors and then your momentum is gone for the season I don't think he can afford to just toss off the competition, even though it might be a hindrance to where he eventually wants to be, because he's made a rod for his own back by going on about Europe as a tangible achievement from last summer. Mm. But you know we've qualified for Europe, we've returned to Europe. Now we're on the next step. There's no point doing that in my book if you go out before you've even reached the group stages. It'd be embarrassing. It'd be mm. talk about PR. It'd be a bit humiliating, really. Yeah, we've be, seen yeah. it happen to other clubs. I mean, Rangers. Rangers and it's just well, a bit of a laughing stock, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. West Ham last year. West Ham, yeah. yeah. Just briefly, I know. So you've got a few questions there. Yeah. We, we spoke about transfers in and out. Sam, yourselves, how many players do you think we need now? I know that's a, that's a good question, isn't it? That means we've got money. I know. Because bear in mind, just sold the car. Okay, how many players do you think we need? Three for me. Three. I think. I'd, so. I'd say three. Briefly, there's a couple of questions. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Kick on. We asked our listeners before, regular listeners of the podcast, um, get their questions in to ask the lads. 
First up is Danny Colford, and he asks, think the reaction to Rooney and the media and the football interest we have landed the marquee player? Do you think that's the one we wanted? Do you think that's the marquee player Everton have wanted? Or do you think there's another big X-Factor player out there that he wants? That's interesting. Um, well, if you would look at it, the players they're being linked with, the centre-forwards, Giroud, Benteke, Dzeko, none of them are as big a name as Wayne Rooney. Mm. Sigurdsson, arguable, he's younger, don't think he's as big a name. No. So in, in, in the sense, depends how you define marquee, he would be. Whether or not he would be the marquee signing that maybe would be ideal, I'm not so sure. I'd still love it if they were able to go and really land a signing that would be classed as marquee. But then, as Gav will hopefully pick up, the whole concept of a marquee signing sometimes. Yeah, Gavin, would you say was a marquee player Everton and realistically could, could go and get? <laughs> I think we've covered this on the. We covered this last year, didn't yeah. we? In right that, now in the market where there's players up for grabs, who would you say there's a marquee player out there Everton can realistically Van Dijk? Possible. Van Dijk, yeah. Diego Costa. Yeah. Just a quick one from Declan1878. Probably the most obvious one. Who's next in, lads? Who would you want next in? <laughs> Sigurdsson. Gav? Uh, Sigurdsson, yeah. Yeah. I thought there's obviously some issues over the fee, isn't there? I think. Just Gav. I know, I know you worry about money. Yeah. Yeah, too right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting hammered on Twitter last week about like rightly I wouldn't so, give anybody rightly a last, so, rightly you know, so. I wouldn't give anybody a five if they were. I'll skin. have to step in here. Yeah. He's very always the first to the bar. Very generous. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, moving on. What I'll ask you though, seriously, and you wouldn't be the only one who yeah. you know who might have a take on this. Is fifty million too much? Yeah. So you wouldn't just pay it? Um it's well too much. Come on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Way overpriced. It is. But goes back. This goes. I was thinking about this today. <laughs> I don't know what's coming from that yeah, mountain. No, it, but it goes back. This goes back to what we're saying. I always say on this is that at, at some points there's like you can't afford not to have players is more than what you know that risk of not having somebody oh, indeed. on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and to... I think it, and I sort of, it, do we just if we want Sigerson just pay the money, you know? But I do think. Fifty million to me is a bit. Forty would be the optimum. I mean, we mentioned forty the other week, and we just went like a few eyebrows and all of a sudden it's fifty. Not yeah. back um, so I think too much. For twenty odd years, we've been drinking in the penny farthing on a pound <laughs> a pint, and now there's some fella with from Iran who's got multi multi millions. He doesn't care how much. He's got, and he's whacking it left, right, and centre all over L4. Now, it's not my money, it's some fella who's got an absolute abundance of it. And if he's prepared to go bong 50, so what? If Steve Walsh, a moral human thing, yeah. he's worth it, that's good enough for me. And it's not my money, it's not the fans' money, it's not Sky's money, it's Farhad Mashiri's. And if he thinks, there you go, have a bit of that. Well, let me ask you then do you think that Cooman and Walsh will think he's worth 50? In this going rate, if they, I think they will, yeah. Do you think he's worth 50? My opinion, if you're looking at players now, no, I'd probably go to 40 to 45. I wouldn't go past that. They 45 might... at maximum with add-ons. So I'd say, if, say for argument's sake, the fee was 30 to 35, maybe 10 million add-ons, I'd go, yeah, that's, that's the limit. But for 50 million, 
I think you can go and get a better player. And they might, they might shake, shake hands on a deal that is forty million with fifty in add-ons. Yeah, I mean the add-on thing is a bit of a get-out, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, what, transfers, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. What I'd say about Sigurdsson now, which I think probably going back to what Tony was saying, is right. Is like Kuhn has said, you know, said at the end of last season, I want to buy. We need more players in that twenty-six to twenty-nine age group. The players that he's brought you on the summer, if you think about it, Clarsen's 23, is he 24? Keane's 23. Yeah. Wayne's above that, isn't he? He's yeah. 31. Sandro's 21. Sandro's 21. So he's not bought anybody in that sort of age group that he said, I've not got enough players in that age yeah. group. And Sigerson's right in the middle of that. Is he 27, isn't yeah. he? Something like 28. that. 28. So I think from Koeman's perspective, and I said, well, he's ideal. He's the age you want. He's the area I want. You know, Mr. Mashiri. Do know. it. Yeah. Do the biz. Right. Briefly, do, do. lads, we'll have to crack on right through these now. Um, Wayne Brown asks, is a lack of pace a concern? Who covers in at left back? Briefly, who would you have coming in at left back? Lack of, hang on. So, lack of pace, lack of pace in, in general. Concern. Throughout all of the plays we've seen, not, not much with a bit of pace there. Is that a Sa- concern? Sandro's quite quick, isn't he? Out of the players that we've signed, yeah. you classing. I've we've seen a few people say that we're a bit. They feel maybe we haven't got any else and out wingers. Obviously, Balassi still battling back to fitness. Luckman's fast. Luckman's isn't quick. Um, is that a concern? The team. Look, you always want to sign. Yeah, pace is, is massive, isn't it? Having quick players can be huge. Maybe there is a bit of a concern. Um, Lukaku, when he got going, could be very, very quick. Giroud isn't the quickest, is he? Benteke yeah. not the quickest. Jeho not the quickest. So, you know, interesting. I don't know how fast Sigurdsson is, to be honest with you. I wouldn't know. Mm, it's not, not his game, is it? No, it's not his so game. So, say you got Sigurdsson and Giroud, then yeah, I could see where he's going from there. Bit of a lack, maybe a lack of pace. Gav, who, co- who covers that left back? Big concern. Oh, I got the other question there, didn't yeah, I? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't know. We we pointed this has been a uh, this has been the discussion points on the pod for about twelve months now, hasn't it? Well, no, interestingly, sorry lads, is that when a couple of couple of Evertonians approached me over the last couple of weeks, and when we were talking about um, the right back situation, Coleman's injury, we were talking about Martin and John Joe Kenny, a lot of Evertonians were listening, going talk about the left back situation, talk about where's the left back cover. So now is the chance. Let's talk about the left back cover briefly. If Leighton Baines was to get suspended or injured. The whole of Everton's team again gets disrupted. Galloway's gone out on loan. Yeah, um, they've got to bring someone in. That that would have been that would when I was saying earlier. I think they need three more. I was going to say, arguably four. I was going to say a ten, a striker, left back cover, right back cover. Just another one from EvertonForum.com. Do you think with the signings we have made, we will focus on pacey players now? We just briefly touched on it. Well, Greg answered that, didn't he? Really, the days of the pits that we want. Players like say where Sigerson plays don't necessarily need to have pace to uh, to, to, to sort of be really effective. Um, and we, we, it looks like that we want like a more. If you've got Ramirez, a, a more. Wants target man, doesn't he? Yeah, That's yeah. his target man. So be this, there's, you can be a bit more than the target man, like a Zacho Bentaque Stoke Giri player. I think um, that you don't necessarily need to have pace there. So. Um, Going back to Greg, can we say? Yeah. Not really, no. Adam Phillips and Aaron B, they both more or less answered the same question. Concerns over the squad number announcers with the lack of right-back coverage, does this mean a change in shape or a Holgate to cover? 
and probably the same question again. If the transfer window was to close now, do we have the depth in the squad to deal with all the competitions? If no, what positions are needed? In my opinion, I think we do need to go and get a left-back covered, as the lads just said. Right-back, I think we're fine. I think John Joe's more than happy to, to do a job till Seamus Coleman comes in. Um, concerns that he hasn't had a squad number, I think he will get a squad number eventually, along with Kieran Dahl. There's been murmurs of a low move elsewhere, but I, I think John Joe will get a squad number. Joe at, Williams as well, Joe Will, Yeah, there's a few lads there as well. Obviously, there's a few championship clubs will be looking at these players, considering how well they've done in the summer for England. Especially John Joe. Uh, John Joe can't do any more than what he's done. Captain of the under-23s, won the World Cup as a captain with England, knocking on the door, played first-team action towards the end of last season. He, he's got to be a shoo-in for me to start the first game of the season so I, I'd be reluctant to, to let him go out on loan your thoughts on that one Greg? I'd keep him at the club yeah. uh, if you don't want to go and get Kuka Martinez isn't happy to come in and be a short term solution which I get the impression he isn't or he would have joined by now I'd give the, I'd give John Joe a chance I've, we've said it before it bears repeating I do not want to see Mason Holgate start at right back for Everton just to briefly want Gary Gray <laughs> has announced Sanzo's got the number 9 shirt as we've just touched on there with the news scored more than Neymar and Benzema interestingly um, can you see him being the main man up front next season? Sandro? yeah uh, I thought you meant Benzema or <laughs> Neymar Marky not to Marky yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely, but I've seen him of him. Uh, I think I think I'm really excited by him as a signing, and uh, I would rather see him playing. It'd be interesting to say I'd rather see him playing up front, but I think he can probably play off a big big man. This is an interesting question I'll put to you. Um, it's from Danny Colford. What will be considered a success for Wayne Rooney's two years? Will it be a trophy, the number of goals, European qualification, level of performance, or something else? Well, when you say a trophy, obviously it has to be a trophy that he's influenced the winning of. You can't just say you know, he doesn't hardly kick a ball, but Everton went on to win a trophy, so it doesn't marry that perfectly. I would say overall, influence can include those things that he's mentioned yeah. and other things which aren't as easily easily kind of, you know... Intangible. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it might be his influence on, as we've said, younger players. It might be... Uh, how he helped build Everton globally but on the pitch as we established in this pod is the most important give me the options again um, on the one side <laughs> where did you go back to the... goals appearances oh, yeah. um, got, um, trophy goals and assists European, qualifi- European qualification level of performance or something else goals assists for me goals assists that, that will directly help Everton win football matches uh, success for me will be uh, me turning around in two years' time and saying he was worth the money. And however, like however he's earned that money, yeah. I would say, you know, that that to me would be the the criteria. It could be a combination of all then. Interesting one from the players we've been linked with over the last twenty four hours. Greg Cumin wants a main target man similar to Graziano Pelle at Southampton. Who do you believe fits the mould, Giroud or Benteki? That's Joey FC graphics. Joey FC graphics. I like yeah. some of his stuff. He's yeah. he's, he's uh, yeah he's good on the graphics front. Who fits the mould? Well, at first you've got Jerry Bentechi. Yeah, I, I, looked, as I well? looked at Bentechi and I thought, oh, I don't know about that. You know, ex Red, you know, Palace, pretty unfancied club. But then I looked at him in more depth. He's a he, he's a good goal scorer. His returns good. Mm. A lot of copites I know thought he didn't really get a fair crack of the whip at Anfield. Yeah. Bit disappointed to see him move on. Um, as Gav just hinted, 
there's more to players sometimes who are tag target man than that. And I think it's fair to say there's more to Ben Teke than target man, but he can do that job. He's also, don't forget, capable of scoring spectacular goals, as we saw the Liverpool once or twice. I'd take him, but I just can't see why Crystal Palace would even entertain Sam. Yeah, well, that's the I'd problem, worry about what they'd yeah. ask for. Yeah. And Spent think, a lot of money on him themselves. Yeah. If he scores two goals at Anfield every time he plays there, I think that would be uh, that would be good, wouldn't it? You I know. Think that yeah, I think I think the problem with him is going to be the fee. I mean, there's other clubs rumored to be interested. I think, I think any of them be okay, but I think Shiro. I think I like I like Shiro. I uh, think it's interesting if you look at. You don't need to you uh, for coaching a license to work out what's happening here. I was looking at the stats yesterday, and you've got Christian Benteke more aerial duels won than anyone last season and you had Sigurdsson more crosses in the box than any other player last season <laughs> so you can see where, where Everton are trying to work out how to score goals next season a way of scoring goals way, obviously yeah. Yeah, yeah so just crosses in the box win the flick-ons and see where it gets you I just think there's going to be a variety of Everton's play next season and it's important that you can't just play one way as you've seen with Chelsea and many champions. See probably what Liverpool have come up, come up and so over the season there's one way Liverpool play and that's it. They struggle against lesser teams so to break them down. So I'm all for Sigurdsson and if it's Giroud or Benteke so be it. You've got to have another another plan so to speak to play against these lesser, so-called lesser teams and especially when you go and play big teams as well. You have the big players and Benteke's done against all the big teams hasn't he? So Giroud, Benteke, Zeko, any of them for me I, I wouldn't be forced he'll do a job. Yeah, I think Sigurdsson, like the Adlerente last year, didn't he, at Swansea, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I agree with that, I think we just got to have different ways of playing, which which is one of the things when we had Ron playing for us, it was everything was based around Ron, wasn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this year, as everybody says, we need to have threats from, you know, all across the pitch, so um, I think, um, you know, I think different ways different players and I think um, we'll be uh, we'll be okay yeah um, t- touch on the squad numbers Gav quickly before we conclude this week um, a bit, bit of a snub for Joel Robles it's going from number one to 33 but understandable I suppose when Jordan Pickford's come in um, Yannick Balassi a noticeable one gets the number seven yeah Morgan yeah. Schneiderlin stays two contrarily but that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the number yeah, he selected yeah, yeah. Um Got a number nine at last, who hopefully is going to be worthy of that iconic number, Sandro, mm. we'll see. Um, a few numbers not 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 done yet, but good to see Keane take four. Um, what do you reckon? I don't need too much into squad numbers, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, Barkley, of course, I, I didn't mention, yeah, still gets I mean, the number eight shirt. Well, we've not touched about Ross, and maybe that's for next uh, next pod. But we've got... There's still like a lot of uncertainty about players and uh, coming in but also there's still one or two actually but you mentioned Joel there's still one or two departures that we might have between now and the, uh, the start of the season just briefly uh, Greg before we finish at the start the captaincy came up this morning with Wayne coming back yeah how do you view that being in mind well it's interesting isn't it because yeah. I, we need to have a sense or Kuman needs to know how often he intends to use Phil Jagielka how often he's going to feature for the first team because if he's going to take even more of a step back than he did last term, I think it would be worth investing. Sorry, worth appointing a new captain who's going to be on the pitch regularly. I think that's important. And um, as much as he would be reluctant to snub Jags by taking the club captain's captaincy off him, I wonder whether it might be time now. You're not going to find a much more decorated or experienced captain than Wayne Rooney. Mm. 
but do you just give him the armband straight away? I don't know. Is that something that has to be earned, or does he just does his CV automatically earn it? Do you look at Leighton Baines? I would have said in the past, but then his arguments don't really stack up by comparison to Rooney. I don't know. Morgan Schradlin, you know, influential yeah. player. Does he? Does Ashley he have a shout? Ashley Williams, Cap- perhaps. Uh, yeah, Classen. Yeah, yeah. Captain, Keen, one of the biggest uh, clubs in Europe, certainly yeah. in terms of reputation. I mean, the one we haven't spoken about, who I think in the perfect world would have been the Shewin, would have been Seamus, wouldn't it? Yeah, for me. For it would have been, yeah. you know, if you wanted to, if Seamus, and we, you know, we assume and we hope that he'd be come back, you know, firing all cylinders, if Seamus had been, not had the horrendous injury, been in the, in the playing squad now, he would have said, give it to Seamus. Because yeah. he, he fits the bill. Yeah. Captain of his country, he's been there for long enough now. He, he pays to get being a captain as well, doesn't he, Seamus? Yeah. And, and, and I think his, his personality and character, he, you know, he looks a captain. And I think, I know it's an, it probably doesn't feel, feel uh, it feels rather trivial, I suppose, this question yeah. compared to his injury. Um, if that if that not had happened, then it would have been a shame yeah. for me. I think most Everton fans. Do, do they just keep fudging the issue if you like until Seamus is fit? Could be. It could be like they'll keep it with Jags and then just just see what happens. You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. You could do a lot worse. We're only asking touch wood till maybe Christmas. Yeah. Hopefully, in the new year, uh, and for the sake of our role, I know it's important. It's debated increasingly these days about how important yeah. a club captain is, but there must still be something about it otherwise you know it wouldn't just be a tradition thing yeah i think it matters on the pitch the armband and having some consistency over who wears it so why not just wait yeah and james has got a new contract as well hasn't he so i mean yeah. uh and it's it the ambassador side of it and so on isn't it that's important these days um yeah i think that would be the best thing i don't think fudge is the right <laughs> it seems to wear but it's yeah no not fudge the, yeah. compromise, compromise i suppose I think in would a, be, in yeah i mean as you say there's that many people who could potentially skip at the club? You might just want to just do that anyway, regardless of Seamus, just to, to have a look about who's actually Rotate going it. to play. You know who's going to play and, and so on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's an interesting question. Yeah, you know. the arm because the armband has rotated, hasn't it? In in the absence of, of Jags and Seamus, yeah. it's been through Baines, Barry, so on and so forth. Um, and really, you know, it's maybe not a bad thing, but I think. The good good thing is Schneidlin and Rooney and players who are coming in um, do have that leadership ability, do have that yeah. sort of gravitas and that influence on the players around them. Yeah, so there's more options for for Cummins. Yeah, well, that's one of the things with the transfer window. It's like players who come in. I've got captaincy experience, haven't I? You know, yeah. so I think yeah. that that'd be useful. Yeah. See what happens? It might be just rotate. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to rotate out of here for the afternoon. Thank you very much for listening, as ever. Like I said at the top of the program, if if you could. Um, go and rate us on iTunes that'd be brilliant you can subscribe to the Royal Blue Podcast on iTunes and through Audio Boom thanks very much for listening we'll be back later in the week